I'm going to speak over the next two weeks. I've got a two-part series. You didn't think I'd leave without doing a series, do you? I'm going to squeeze a two-part series in. And this week is called Transform Lives. Next week is going to be called Transforming Lives. We can change. Now, there's going to be lots of things about that phrase that you will react to. But deeply in the fabric of my being, one of the things that I've really tried to to kind of bring to this church is the possibility that you can change. All my notes today are on the YouVersion app. So the YouVersion Bible app, there's a link to a song as well. And uh, that, that avatar picture's on there. So if you've got YouVersion Bible app, just download that. And in events, you can come that. But turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And it says this. This is the theme scripture for our vision statement. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In this scripture, the word contemplate, if you've got it in the NIV or or most translations, will have a little footnote, and the footnote will say uh, it means reflect, contemplate, reflect. Uh, The King James Version uh, translates it literally as uh, beholding as in a mirror. That when we look at the Lord, quite literally, we see something of ourselves back at us. That actually, the Lord reflects back to us where we are, what we are, but also we see something of him. Uh, what, what this very complicated verse is trying to say is that it conveys that as you look at the Lord, he looks back at you, and this process happens that as you contemplate him, you get to contemplate yourself, and you get to see where you can go and be in him. You look at him, and he kind of rubs off on you. That actually you, you can be in Christ and he starts to fashion all of his plans for you. The historical kind of background to this verse is that Moses would spend time with the Lord and his face would, would shine so much, so much it was kind of freaking the people out that he put a veil over his face. But actually what the New Testament says, take the veil off, be the change. Be the person who's been with the Lord. Show them what it's like to be a, a Christian. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For God said, let the light shine in the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. You have something of God on you. You have something of him in you. And that is a change agent in your life. It's a two-way process. We often make it one way. We say, Lord, change me. As if there's nothing about us that's involved in that process. Actually, it's an interaction and a walking with the Lord that changes you. You know, there are some people, no matter what you do, they won't change because they are not joined in with the change process. But as you walk in the Spirit, 
And as you contemplate and reflect on him more and more, we can be changed. And transformation is an action on his part, but it's also something that we join in with. I'm not saying it's like riding a bike, but you know that to ride a bike, you have to get it going and you have to cooperate with it. But this is what I want to say to you. This is one of my parting gifts to you. And I don't want to be overly dramatic. I deeply, deeply, deeply within my fabric of my being know that you can change. Amen? Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You can change. That's not to devalue what you are now. But to say it doesn't matter about what has happened to you in the past, although we care about that. You know, somebody once prophesied over me because I had blonde hair and blue eyes and my eyesight isn't great, that there was some sort of curse in my family. And it took me a while to get over that. But I want to say to you, what Whatever has been spoken over you, whatever people have said about you, whatever is you're grappling with now, God says he can transform you. I totally believe that. I deeply believe this. It's an action by the Spirit, but it's also a cooperation of your will. So I want to ask you today, are you willing Are you willing to go on the journey? I heard a couple of people say, yeah, but are you willing? You know, when the iPhone first came out, uh, there was a reaction by Christians by, because Apple bought out the iPhone and basically what their branding was saying, all you Samsung people, by the way, do, please keep listening. There is a point to what I'm saying. I know you're switching off right now. Uh, and just to say for the live stream, there are other phones that are as good as everything. Okay. But uh, Apple bought out the iPhone and basically in their branding, what they were saying is you can be the individual that you want to be. You can have it your way. You can do it your thing. Uh, you know, you don't need to join in with big corporate uh, people. You can, uh, typical Apple. Uh, and you don't have to uh, be what everybody else is telling you. You can have your phone your way. You can have the apps you want. You can have it your way. And there is that part of the I that is selfish, and self-orientated and self-interested. There is that part of that, and, and that's the part we need to lay at the feet of Jesus, isn't it? And say, God, I, I really want to be who you want me to be, not just this selfish part. But you know, there's a part of the I in all of us, the part that strives to be willing, and the part that takes responsibility, and the part that owns up. And there's the part that says, hey, I want to cooperate with you, Lord. I always say there's an old saying, you can't drive a parked car. You've got to be able to say, my eye says, yes, Lord. A bit like in the Psalms, it's put like this, Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So there's a part of our eye where we have to say, yeah, I'm in. I, I'm 
I, I'm doing this, I'm cooperating, I don't know all what to do, but my will is given over to joining in. To get to this process of being transformed, there are some, can I say, I positions, some things from your will that you have to say, I'm doing this. And I've, I've, I've got an old banner that was uh, a long time ago, but there are five key eye positions that you need to put into your life if you want to join in the transformation where you contemplate the Lord, he contemplates you back, and you begin to change. These things will position you into a life of change. The first one is, I serve you know, during the film, The Passion of the Christ, Jim Caversell was told, if you do this film, this will ruin your career. In fact, in that film, playing Jesus, acting as Jesus, he lost 45 pounds in weight. He was struck by lightning. He was accidentally scourged with a whip uh, twice leaving a 14-inch scar on his shoulder that actually became dislocated. And he suffered from pneumonia, hypothermia, from hanging mostly naked upon the cross uh, during that scene. Uh, several hours he was there making that scene, and his body was so stressed and exhausted from playing the role, he had to have two open-heart surgeries, and his... Uh, the crucifixion scene alone took five weeks of a two-month filming time. But, you know, The Passion of the Christ was the highest grossing film in, a, in American movie history with $370.8 million worth of grossing uh, of, of money. And worldwide, it grossed $611 million. I remember uh, when uh, we, The Passion of the Christ came out, Kathy and I, we bought out the local cinema and we handed tickets out to everybody who will come. And I'll tell you the other side of this story in a few moments. But what I want to say to you is even the person who played Jesus, there was a cost to it. There's a service to it. There's a sacrifice to it. Jesus said this to his disciples in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. He says, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over those who the, with whom they have authority over him. Not so with you, said Jesus. Instead, whoever wants to become great amongst you must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first amongst you must be slave of all. Because even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. In the famous passage in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, when it talks about the very inner nature, the qualities of what Jesus is like, it says, rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the nature of the servant. Here's the point. You cannot be like Jesus. You cannot be transformed unless you serve some kingdom purpose. Unless you say, I am laying my life down as a service to you, God, and as a service to the kingdom purposes you call me into. You, 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 it's not just helping out now and again, 
But until you build into your life regular serving that's consistent, and if you do that, then God will begin to work on your heart, begin to work on your personality, rub some of the the corners off, and begin to say to you, this is how you become like me. I serve. It's great that folks are watching from home and, and God bless you and we hope that we have an online church. But, but can I just say to you, just commenting on the feed as encouraging that is and please keep doing it and it's not a negative thing I'm saying, but just chatting on the feed, that's not serving. And that God wants to call you into larger purposes than that. I I would say to you, here's a benchmark. You should try and build into your life one hour of service for God's purposes each week or at least one session where you say, you know what, that's my serving time. And that you actually know it, that you can say, that's it. And actually, can I say church, your serving time isn't just coming to church, your serving time is beyond that. It may be serving at church to help other people. But can you build into your life this idea of I serve? Not just I'm a good person wherever I am, but I actually serve at something. This happens. When this happens, you see, why is this important? Because your perspective changes. You begin to see differently. You begin to see church differently. You begin to see people differently. It changes the way you are. You become transformed. Number two, the second I position where you say is, I tell. My friend at the moment, Paul Martin, with his young family, Isla, he's very ill. It's great to see Farina here, by the way, who's, who's battling and winning. And we praise God for that. Amen? Amen. Come on. I believe God heals. Paul, my friend, is a minister in Scotland. He's very ill at the moment. I've taught him in in college and encouraged him in seminars, and he's, he he is very ill. A cancer is a curse, isn't it? And I know that many of you have been touched with that. But just let me say something to you. What if you? were the only person in the world, or you and your friends were the people who knew the cure for this dreadful disease of cancer. That you knew it, you you had that expertise, and you just knew what to do, but you decided not to say anything because you might be embarrassed about saying it. What would that be like? I was telling you about the passion of the Christ... And uh, Kathy and I, we hired out a, a cinema, a Letchworth Broadway cinema, when the film came out. And we, we, we had all the tickets, we owned the tickets. And we gave the tickets away uh, to anybody who wanted to come and see this man. And we had, we had people from all over the town come. And uh, when the cinema uh, people um, said, well, you know, how do you want to do this? I said, what we want you to do is we don't want you to play any trailers. You know, people had popcorn and all this, and we were thinking, you know, uh, we don't play any trailers. 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand in front of the cinema and announce that this is a beautiful life that you're about to watch, but uh, something that can change your life. Oh, man, I was so nervous. To stand in, you know, like I'm kind of used to standing in front of church because you, you were all kind of friendly to me. Okay? Okay, those of you watching on the live stream, just put a, an emoji on right now that makes me feel better. You know, but I stood in this cinema and there were people there, there were people protesting that he wasn't a black Jesus. There were people who were uh, saying, you know, that they thought this film shouldn't be shown in a public arena. We had everybody there. And I stood up and I said, welcome and see the life of Christ. I was so nervous. But the power in that cinema was amazing. You know, I, I want to say to you that some of the hardest people to tell the gospel to, you know, the gospel simply is God loves you. But we've got a problem. We, you know, we, we've, we've broken some things in our own hearts. We've hurt people. We've hurt ourselves. And, that, you know, that, that actually Jesus on the cross pays for that solution and says, come to me. I, I forgive you. And if you will answer the question, I'm in. Will you ask him into your life and step into his life? Then you can be transformed. And, and that simple message was really hard for me to tell my two brothers and my mother. Oh, it was so hard. And having been to Bible college and, you know, doing all that, I thought, I cannot go any further without saying something to my family. And uh, although it was the most wooden witnessing ever in my life, I spoke it out nerve-wrackingly to say, you know, Jesus loves you. I bought them books, and, and uh, you know, I, I sat down with my mother. This was way before she accepted Christ. It was about 30 years before. And, uh, you know, yes, son, I, I'm listening, son. It was, it was really wooden. It wasn't brilliant, but I told them the gospel. Who's your hardest person? Think of them right now. The, the person who you say, I could never say the gospel to them. In the name of Jesus, go and tell them. It will break something in your life. It will change something in them. You see, in John's gospel, Jesus says 41 times, as the Father has sent me. And then at the end of John's gospel, in John chapter 20, verse 21, he says this, Peace be with you, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. If you want to be like Jesus, you have something to share. I tell. And I change when I tell, and they receive everything. In life, primary school, we do show and tell, don't we? And that's our lives. We have to show. I, I kind of taught you a strategy prayer, care, share. Do lots of praying, do lots of caring, and then do some sharing. Think and choose the hardest person in your life who you think this is going to be the hardest thing and share with that person. Come on. I can feel, I can smell Goliaths in this room. But I tell you what, 
I think you've got a love slingshot and you can slay them. By the way, don't stand up in the in morning briefing tomorrow and say, my pastor said I've got to share the gospel with you. Jesus loves you, then sit down. That would be embarrassing. Choose the right moment. Another I position is I contribute. Uh, and people ask me all the time, how does giving my finances, how does giving my time cha- change you? Because when you contribute, what happens is you sort out your priorities. You begin to understand what is important in your life, the things that rule you. What happens in your heart is you align yourself with God's attitude. In fact, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, doesn't it? You know, it, it's like that your attitude in giving mirrors some of God's generosity. I've learned that there's a process to giving. And um, I, the, the process is simply this. Three Bs. Begin. Just start. You, you, you know, sometimes there are, there are so many reasons why we don't give to what God has for us. But you just need to start. Begin. Secondly, believe. Believe that God will take care of you. Believe that he's got a plan. And then be consistent. Because as you're consistent in your giving, giving becomes a habit and then you build a life of generosity. You know, uh, this is probably an old-fashioned view of marriage and it's not true of my marriage, of course. But uh, some men, they love the grand gesture, don't they? Instead of doing the fateful little things that would really bless their wife, they come home with a bouquet of flowers once a month. And, you know, they've been a pain all month, but they think the grand gesture is going to solve it. Oh, it's got ever so quiet in here. (laughs) It's a good job lots of you are wearing masks, because I can, can, you know, almost hear you muttering under that mask. And, yeah, listen to his preaching, you. It's a good job you're sitting over here, Michelle, and he's over there, isn't he? God is more into consistent acts of faithfulness than the grand gesture. Little by little. One of my favorite groups, um, Christian groups, at the moment is a, is a group called We the Kingdom. And one of their songs call, is called No Doubt About It, and it helps me with this I change. I want to come back to this theme because I really want to leave you a gift today that whatever anybody has said to you, you can change. One of their songs is called No Doubt About It, and it says this, There's no doubt about it. I'm on the way home. I'm not yet where I'm going, but I'm a long way from where I was. Anybody else know that? Have you made progress? I hear a choir of angels cheering me on. I'm not yet where I'm going, but I'm a long way from where I was. And that should be most of us testimony, but I want to say to you, God has placed in your pathway... And a a tremendous plan for your life. And in order for you to get there, there are certain changes that he will have to perform before you can get there. 
He, he says that there's an inheritance for you in Christ. Now, I'm not talking about just your eternal life. That's by grace. But the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, whereas working for the Lord, not just your earthly masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord you're serving. You see, there are spiritual blessings, great plans and purposes for you at whatever age you are. If you're not dead, you're not done. And there is a great plan for you. But in order to get you into that plan, God has to fashion you, change you, work with you so that you can step in to what God wants you to do. If you say, I'm not changing, then there is an inheritance that you're missing out on. And there's a plan that you won't get. You don't earn your eternal inheritance. That's by grace. But some of the blessings that God has for you are enhanced by you stepping with him. Last thing, to place you into this kind of process of transformation is I connect. By my will, I connect. I love Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. I love it because it makes our connection to each other not just an option or or something that's nice. It actually is vital to our health as individuals and also as a church. Uh, Read it with me. It says this, from him, the whole body I love the fact that we are called a body. This pandemic has has, has isolated us and and caused suspicion amongst us. And, and, you know, we've got to be careful and we've got to follow the rules and all the rest of it. And we'll do everything we're supposed to do. But in your heart, don't allow this season to help you to become nervy and distant from people and kind of suspicious about the, the body of Christ. Can I hear an amen, church? You've got to connect. This is what the the Bible says. From him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's an interactive thing. It's a, a moving thing. But you know, that phrase, every supporting ligament, again, is very tricky in the Greek, but it means a connection place where life is transferred. It means that when two people in the body come together, they transfer life between each other. That they begin to be a support to each other, that they add value to each other. Here's the rule about connection. Here's the theological way to think about connection, even in this strange season that we are in. You know if your connection is valid, if you can answer two questions. Number one, do I give life to that person? Number two, the second question is, do I receive life? And again, let me say, you may be brilliant on the chat and you're really encouraging on the chat, but are you receiving life from somebody? Are you connected to somebody? Without these two, giving of life, receiving life, 
that connection isn't really fully what the Scripture wants you to have. The prayer that I pray is, work on me, Jesus, and the answer I get back from Jesus is, position yourself so I can. I'm going to say that again. And maybe you can stand with me. Maybe the worship team can come. The prayer I pray is, work on me, Jesus. And the answer I get back is, position yourself so I can. Let's all stand together, shall we? There is no doubt from the Scripture that you can change. There is no doubt that you have everything you need for supernatural change. Ephesians chapter 1, you have been blessed with every blessing in Jesus Christ. His incomparably great power, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, is in you. That, that, that lovely lady on our alpha phase, Anastasia, which means resurrection, the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is now working in you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You know, the, the, in, our, in our world, when we get so cynical about things and, you know, and, and our leaders let us down and all the rest, and you think, oh, it's all just the same. But actually, it's not the same. We have the resurrection of Christ to lift us again. You know, I think about young people, and I met some today, Lucy, who's in the army, you know, and, uh, you know, you think about young people starting out in university. I'm not saying this is Lucy, but, you know, some of them get so nervous. Will I make it? Will I not make it? You know, and, and if they could just hear in the Lord, and if you're watching in, from university, just hear in the Lord. God's got plans for you, but he's also got power in you. You can change. You can make it. It will happen. There will be sacrifices along the way. But transformation can come. There's a positioning that we all need to place ourselves in in order to move in that life. Now, please don't get mad at me. I'm not saying this illustration because it's my second to last Sunday and I don't want you to throw your Bibles at me. But I had a strange picture this week. And uh, I actually shared it with one person. But you know when Jesus, he, he sends the two disciples to untie the donkey? And do you remember the phrase that if somebody says to them, you know, hey, what are you doing with that donkey? They said, the Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of this. And I just want to speak that over you that I'm not calling you a donkey. Please don't throw your Bible at me. Please don't log off. But, but I believe there's got to be an untying in your life because the Lord has need of you. He's got something for you. And when you carry Jesus in the crowd, they're going to start praising him. So I guess I am saying that you're like the donkey, but you're not the donkey, okay? Untie some things off your life because the Lord has need of you. And because he's so loving and because he's so kind and because he's so wonderful, when he has need of you, it only blesses you. Let's sing together and, and sing a prayer set to music that Kevin will 
do, and then I'll come back, and I just want to lead you in a prayer. Is that okay? Untie your life. The Lord has need of you. Thank you, Pastor Kevin.
Come on, BCC, you can praise him louder than that. Come on. We worship you, Lord. Come on, give him one more praise. He's worthy. Well, God bless you if you came back for the first time. I just really hope that today has been meaningful. And uh, I know we can't hug and spend time in the cafe and do all of that. But, you know, can you feel the connection? You know, what? which one of these, these five things is your top thing that you need to do? You need to email in to the church and say, how can I serve? Sign me up. We'll find something for you. And we'll just anything. It'll be something that expresses your gifts and progresses you on, on your purpose. I wonder who the hardest person is that you... You just, you know, you want to tell them the gospel, but I just wonder that you're just a little bit afraid of them. It's time to tell. I wonder if you just need to start to contribute, you know, instead of trying to work it all out, just to begin. Take that step of faith and say, okay, that's me. I know that church has to happen. It's important for this city. It's important for the generations who come after me. I'm going to make sure that I'm contributing. What about your change? Who's told you that you will never get that out of your life? I believe the Holy Spirit hand will take out that root and you can walk free. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. As we contemplate him, he changes us. I believe it's scriptural. And you know what? Here's the thing about change. At every stage you are at, God looks at you and he adores what you are at that stage. He's just got more for you. And how about connecting? This season has taught us to be apart. And we have now got to relearn to be together. Do not lose connection out of your theology and out of your heart. It's more than just going to the cinema, or that would be great. It's more than just going to the theater. And I don't want to say just, the theater would be wonderful. And you should support the arts. You know, but it's more, but connection is important for your heart. Don't retreat into your little corner. So which one is it? Come on, lift your hands with me right now and just call it out to God and say, God, I want to tell. Holy Spirit, I want to serve. Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're watching at home, right where you are, and know we'll always have an online presence for you, and, and that's not second best. We want you to be an online church. That's fine. But how will you connect? How will you serve? Right there in your living room. Holy Spirit, 
Heavenly Father, just move in this place right now. If you're watching at home, if you would like to accept the Lord, if you're in the room and you would like to say, I want to come to Jesus, I want to receive him in my heart, just, just tell everybody else, put your hands down just for a moment. Is there anybody here in the room where you say, I want to be in, I want to make sure. Yeah, God bless you, sir. Holy Spirit. See, God's still in the way of saving people. God bless you. The Lord loves you. Holy Spirit, would you minister right now to everybody in the room, everybody on the live feed, would you minister deeply to them? We're going to hang around so you can chat to us, those of you who want to us. We'll pray with a few folks. Church, why don't you just have a great Sunday? Why don't you call somebody, bless somebody? Have a great Sunday, everyone.